Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where we brave scanning the net to find all the deep history and lore of cyberpunk. I'm Toasty, a fixer that's new to Night City with a desire to jump into the details of this gritty setting. And I'm Genesis, an old school media tech with a love of character deep dives. Together, we will bring you the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future. We've got incoming. Let's Delta. Welcome back to another episode of the Cyberpunk Lorecast. I'm your gal, Genesis, and with me, as always, is the dangerous Toasty. Oh, God. This makes me sound like more of an edgelord than I already am. (laughs) You're not an edgelord. You're an edge runner. Oh, you're right. You're right. Fair enough. Might be. Let's see. I don't think that we really messed up anything last week. We don't have anything on the scream sheets to call out. I was supposed to look something up, wasn't I? We were supposed to do the math on Eddie conversions from like 1990 money. I kind of do it. I said I would. I said I would. I have to do it. Oh. That's so much math, Toast. You don't have to do it right now. It's been a crazy-ass week for the both of us. How about we talk about Danger Gal and the dossiers that we have missed for the last several weeks talking about because we've been so focused on our Noosa content. And maybe we will do some inflation and Eddie's conversion money later on. All right. All right. Fair enough. So I feel really bad that we've been kind of neglecting Danger Gal because it comes out in just a few weeks in August. And we have a post of the sneak peek for Mark 4 that came out a month ago. So we haven't talked about Mark 4, 5, or 6 yet. So I feel really bad. At least six came out this week. So, like, you know, we're getting on it right away. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. For number six, yes, we're getting on it now. But, all right. So, let's go over them because there's some really cool information uh, that we have not talked about yet that I really want to. Um, So, it is officially, well, as as of a month ago, it is at the printer approved and is in process. Um, so we'll they will hit they will see it hit the warehouses towards the middle to the end of July. So hopefully sometime right around now, books are actually being delivered, which is really freaking cool. Hopefully. I think as of what, number six, they're still on track, they said, for their release uh later this month. So soon. Oh. And this this was from a day ago. So hopefully towards the end of the month, we'll start getting them or we can can start purchasing. And you can definitely still pre-order it digitally right now um, on their web store and drive through RPG 
you can pre-order. Uh, what this also means is that they will have copies on hand at Gen Con 2023. So that's really, really cool. If you're going to be at Gen Con, stop off at booth number 249 and go see all of our friends at Artelsorian. And say that we've sent you there by Punk Lorecast. Um, oh, that means that we need to we need chat. We need to get in contact with Jay. True. We need a definite definitely Jay needs to come back on the show. Uh he said that he already was planning on it. We just mm -hmm. need to set a date for it. Um so ask him, he can ask him when it drops. We could schedule it for the first Thursday after it drops. Oh, good point. Yeah. I see you also put uh here, which is I don't know if you want to mention mm -hmm. that one. Yeah. So, well, I mean, uh, one another cyberpunk show, a part of our network, the Robots Radio Network, is the Cyberpunked, Cyberpunk Apostrophe D. And the referee this season, Almighty Crit, is actually going to be a referee at Gen Con for Cyberpunk. Like, he's going to be hosting games there this year. So it's really, really cool. That's really cool. Which um, means when is that? When is Gen Con? In August? That is a good question. I don't know. Gen, Gen Con 2023 is August 3rd through the 6th. Mm, cool. But let's, uh, I guess that's enough about Gen Con. Let's, let's get into the details of some of these sneak peeks that we've gotten so far. Um, starting with number four. From a month ago that we missed, um, which didn't have a whole lot of, uh, I wouldn't say not a whole lot of, but uh, nothing too specific other than just numbers for what we can expect to see in the book. Um, so we have a 176 uh, page count for the book. So kind of a chunky one. Uh, yeah. it'll, it'll retail for 40 dollars us um there was 16 writers slash designers on it and 18 artists so good number of people working on this book um and as for what is in it uh we get to see um 15 or possibly 16 different factions represented in the book um and a grand total of 119 different stat blocks. That is so many. Now, the 119 is split between all of the classes and gangs, but it also includes like 16 mooks, 18 hardened mooks, 31 lieutenants, 28 hardened lieutenants, uh, six mini bosses, 10 mini bosses hardened, six bosses, and three hardened bosses. I am afraid to look at those stat blocks specifically, but I want to. It'll be, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's going to be very scary. Uh, yeah. So, um, some of the other things there, um, we are going to be see uh, 115 NPCs that have miniatures available from Monster Fight Club. So 
almost the entire book you can get mini miniatures for. Uh, three vehicle stat blocks. Uh, one, technically two drone stat blocks. Not Which sure I'm what that means. By. Yeah. Right. Uh, two net architectures. So net architectures, for those that aren't familiar um, with when you're doing net running, you go into the net and it kind of breaks down into like kind of like a building where you uh, you ascend floors in order to progress through uh, the net um, or for the terms net architecture. So these are going to be two, uh, I guess, pre-built net architectures that you can use rather than you know, crafting your own because I imagine that could be pretty difficult. Uh, and 31 items brought over from DLCs. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. I I like the fact that like the online DLCs that we get every month are going to actually be in a print book. Makes it a lot easier for some people who really love having the print core book or the print printed rules. Um to have the nice glossy versions of it all right so i am super excited to hold this book in my hands i am ready for it to get here but we do have another uh sneak peek to go through this is sneak peek mark number five which was posted weeks ago so that's a little bit more recent we're still slacking it's we, we still slacked that's our that's our bad yeah well, I mean, I guess it's a good thing that it's talking about um, upcoming the upcoming factions and NPC guides. Uh, oh, so they showed off a few of the characters that w- we will be seeing in there. They picked four, a mook, a lieutenant, a mini boss, and a full-on boss. Mm-hmm. And I think it's quite fitting that the first to talk about is the fool. That is us. We is the fool. Mm-hmm. That's true. All right, so this is, I'll read directly from the information from the website. Um, Technically speaking, the fool isn't a single character. When Big Top's circus recruits someone new, they sometimes shove a mask over their head, give them some poor quality guns, and point them in the wrong direction. That's a fool. If a fool survives long enough, they might graduate to a full membership in the Bozos, but most fools get their mask from a corpse, not a former trial member. They are considered a mook and have no role. And with all these, we do get to see, we have little little art snippets uh, that go along with them. Um, so the fool looks like uh, a... Uh, a large individual who is just kind of dressed up in uh, a bright, uh, a bright colored shirt and like a, is that like a puffer jacket? Um, and they have like a, like a, like what is the, like the scarecrow mask looking kind of thing? Like from, uh, Oh, like Batman. Batman? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what that reminds me of. Uh, and they, he has two guns or they have two guns and they're just pointing them. Uh, so Yeah don't even have a face doesn't have a face and looks really big like comically large i i don't know the hand proportion to me seems really really big um but i guess i mean if you're acting a fool then that's what's going on 
So uh, right after, uh, we have Blades, meanwhile, as a full member of Generation Red, a Yo gang operating out of the old combat zone. In fact, she's the oldest member of the game. She's on the cusp of adulthood and already sporting a significant amount of chrome. Now she has to decide where her future lies with her old friends or some new friends hoping to recruit her. Uh, she's considered a lieutenant and has the fixer role. Um, and for her art, uh, she seems to be wearing like track pants and a hoodie and has like cat ears, bright colored hair, a sword on is holding a sword. Um, and then has rollerblades that look like Tron cycles. Yes. Uh, also, an ocular implant of some sort, because that is very much not her eye. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell if she's holding the sword or if her arm is the sword. It's hard to tell, but I think that that little part uh, where her sleeve ends, but is like right after it, I think that's her hand. It's just turned back uh, okay. while she's holding it. So, either way, she got a sword. Hence the name Blades. No, that's yeah. a rollerblades. Rollerblades, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's both. She's got a blade she wields and her rollerblades. Both. Both. Both is good. All right. The tearjerker is up next. Tearjerker learned firefighting the old-fashioned fashioned way by putting out Petrochem's oil well fires during the Fourth Corporate War. Now she leads a volunteer firefighting company in the South Knight City. Not an easy job, especially since she's also leading a movement advocating for more equity and funding for Knight City's combat zones. She's considered a mini-boss lawman. Hmm. So does it say Petrocom? I see a typo. Oh, (laughs) I said it right, but that says Petrocom. Petrocom. Yeah, I was just like, that's a typo. (laughs) That's cool. (laughs) Petrochooms. Yeah. Um, As for her appearance, um, she looks to be wearing typical, like, firefighting get-up. Orange, like, reflective pants, boots, the, like, firefighter jacket, um, has a face mask covering, like, her nose and mouth and uh what looks to be a very fancy like firefighter helmet she's holding a grenade launcher yeah that's a very big gun mm-hmm. a very very big grenade launcher yeah and it's- though most of her body is covered up i'm not seeing any chrome on her hands yeah i don't i don't see any either uh, I look human. I have yeah. to imagine there's at least a couple, like maybe some like nasal filters or something, you know, for, for like smoke, you know, a couple things in there. But you probably don't need too much if you're just a firefighter. Uh, they're pretty because the NCPD is super understaffed or not understaffed, underfunded, and aren't like all of the other like city jobs worse off than them so they probably 
She probably yeah. doesn't get paid much, unfortunately. Probably why she's fighting for more equity and funding. That makes sense. And last up for uh, sneak peek number five, we have Fiona Hayes. She isn't just a new reporter. She's a Night City institution investigating corruption, scandal, and crime since before the fourth corporate war. Damn. Damn. Uh, only she has a secret, and you're going to learn all about it in Danger Gal Dossier. She's considered a boss with the role of media. Also, another typo. Isn't just a new reporter. I think that should see news reporter. Yeah, yeah probably. You can't be both. You can't be both an institution and a new and a newbie. Well, maybe they're trying to say she isn't just a new reporter. She's like, like she's not just some random reporter. She's a, this level of. I don't know. Maybe I can no, see I it think anyway. Another typo. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and Outfit is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. A gold pant jumpsuit. So there's like no split between the top and the bottoms. Um, and very flared out at the bottom. So that way it covers up her stylish shoes. And it is all gold. Wearing a gold necklace. Has a gold headpiece. Um, a like my microphone that wraps around the ear and comes to her mouth, but it's also holding out uh, a gold microphone. So that way when reporting and asking questions, she can get right up in your face. I definitely think I see some cosmetic chrome around her eyes. I think so. I but... see it too. Yeah. Other than that... I don't see any chrome either. Other than that, maybe. So who knows? Although she probably has tech hair, if I had to guess. Probably. I zoomed in on this picture, and I'm, like, kind of obsessed with this jumpsuit. I think I could rock it. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe um, in your next game, you can get a, a referee who introduces her, and you can steal her clothes <laughs> and put them on your character. Yes. Plus, we're the same. I'm Genesis, an old school media tech. Like, let's see, that is me. That's true. Maybe getting close for the stealing. You got an in. All right. Now, let's talk about the next level of going hardened. Uh, hardened being the terminology of more difficult, more edgy, rougher, and tougher. Yep, we're getting hard on this one. Hardened is also a terminology that they use in Dragon Age. So I read that and it's like, oh, well, in order to get like a best outcome, you either have to harden or soften a character based on decisions. So I keep seeing the hardened and I'm like, oh, my hardened Alistair. That's the only way to become queen. So on to sneak peek number six, where we get to talk about a hardened mook, a hardened lieutenant, hardened mini boss, and that dreaded hardened boss. Scary, scary, do not want. Very scary. Um, and you'll see why. Uh, so first up on the list is our hardened mook solo, Knock Knock. 
uh, with an exclamation point after each knock. Um, they have fought in all four corporate wars. What the hell? Damn. <laughs> That's, they're just a right. mook? <laughs> <laughs> fought in all of the wars and they're just a mook. I know they're a hardened mook, but damn, just a mook. Uh, they're a member Let's, of... Wouldn't that make them old? I mean... When was the first is, corporate war? This is this is red, so this is 2045. So, like, they're like... That'd be, like, what, 55? No, not 55, sorry. Like, 65 to 75? That's not, like, weird numbers for... For cyberpunk, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Well, like, when was the first corporate? It was like back in like. God damn it! Now I'm gonna have to look it up. Wasn't it still in the '90s, or did it not happen that that soon? 2004. So. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they could be born in like 1985, and that would only put them at what 60. That's not. That's not like impossible numbers especially with cyberware and stuff saburo's like what over 100 yeah so granted he's like arasaka so it's a bit different uh anyways uh they're a member of six streets davis squad and they specialize in close range combat i also like to point out that they're referring to them as they with they pronouns. We could mm. possibly have a uh, trans or nine binary NPC here, um, which I think is cool. Uh, there's not much known about them. They don't socialize. They don't take off their mask in public, and they're paid in cash directly after each mission. After four wars, Knock Knock wants to do the only job they know how to do and be left alone after. Um, and like the description states, um, they are covered up from head to foot. Uh, they look like they got some like baggy pants, tinny shoes, uh, a shirt with a like bullet or like chest armor over it with what appears to be a like combat shotgun and then a gas mask over like, uh, I don't know what that, that's not a ski mask, like the is this a kind of mask that covers everything but your eyes, I think? Like the black mask under it? Oh, a uh, balaclava? Yeah. like uh, What I'm assuming is a balaclava with a gas mask over. It looks like they have a cyber arm. They might have both of the arms as cyber arms, but we can't see one of them. But one of them's definitely like metal. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and then they like they just have like what I'm assuming is some sort of like automatic shotgun, and then they you know they have a pistol, which is very tactical and geared out. Yeah, and I can also see that nobody would know their gender because you can't really tell from this at mm. all from what they're wearing. The everything is very non-binary. I can't tell at all. Yeah. Oh, it looks like they have big knucks too. Oh, the rings. On the fingers? Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, and they do actually give us a breakdown of what the word hardened means. Um, The hardened means these NPCs have more skills, more gear, more cyberware, and usually more combat ability than the standard character of their level. They're perfect for throwing up against combat-optimized crews. 
So your crews that have been working together for a while, this isn't session zero people that you fight up against. Not even, probably not until like fourth or fifth, at least. I mean, it, it just depends, I think. Depends on how, how crazy your team is. Because I remember I had like my my solo that I did for the first session, hadn't played them before, didn't know how they operated at all, um, and proceeded to uh, wipe or walk up onto a boat, break the spine of a Maelstrom uh, boss um, in their life quickly, uh, and then auto-fired into a group of other Maelstroms and dropped all of them. Uh, it was it was it was a lot, and so. You know, sometimes the builds are just crazy. <laughs> Toasty has a knack for building TTRPG characters. Okay, I'm going to go and tell you a little story. Oh, no. Toasty doesn't play Mass Effect. He knows of Mass Effect things, but has never truly sat down and played the trilogy. I love the trilogy. A group of my Mass Effect Mass Effect friends got together and started playing from N7 World, which is a module that they have converted 5th Ed into all Mass Effect flavor text. Um, and so the skills look different. The wording is off. The races, the classes, the everything is all Mass Effect. We needed another player just to help us get through a combat session that we were running. And so I was like, Toasty, come play with us. He's like, all right, I'm down. What's the website? Built a character in under five minutes, not knowing a thing about math. It was under 10. It was 10. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? Don't get don't put that off me. <laughs> under 10 minutes. Comes in, starts throwing shit, and absolutely obliterates everything. And we're like, We've been working on our characters for weeks and we still haven't done any damage. And Toasty just walks up like a complete and total badass. You have a knack for building characters. Look, I'm not going to disagree with that statement. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bring up any examples like my fifth edition character that has an effective 28 AC at level six. I'm not going to bring that up. You know, like, no, yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I play around. I like building characters and sometimes that comes with a, a knack of learning how to build really crazy characters. So much to every single one of my DMs dismays. All right, so let's see about how we can maybe incorporate this next person into a future tabletop game. Her name is Naomi Alexis, a.k.a. Doc Mittens. Grew up in a reclaimer family in the Badlands of Colorado. After Naomi's parents sold her little sister in exchange for money to redrill their well, she joined a nomad pack learned how to be a med tech from their healer, and traveled to Night City. 
She joins Danger Gal, helping to find new information on the whereabouts of her lost little sis and serves as a Puma Squad field medic and forensics specialist. She is a hardened lieutenant med tech. Yeah. Um, and so for her design, um, it's actually a few similarities here. Um, we got like the combat boots, uh, the kind of like cargo pants. Uh, she appears to be wearing like a vest, um, maybe with a little bit of armor on the chest. She's got both her arms are definitely cybered. There's no mistaking those. She's got a big old backpack, um, faces uncovered, uh, wielding a pistol. And she also has cat ears. Mm-hmm. It's the Puma squad ears. Oh, yeah, that's right. Don't also, really it. gorgeous cat eye makeup. Like her, her tip is on point. Gorge. Oh, is that a little kitten patch? Hold on, I'm gonna see if I, I can zoom so. in even more. Oh, it definitely is. Oh, that is a fat, cute kit hen. And she appears There's to have a little old... kitten patch on her arm. A very fat cat. Love it. Next on our list is a Bazooka Joe. Bubblegum. Uh, they are the teeth of the party gang known as the Piranhas, which I guess if you're part of the Piranhas and you're referred to as the teeth, you must be doing must be pretty important. This is kind of the big deal about Piranhas. When someone screws with the gang or one of their events, Joe pulls out a tech modified tsunami arms helix. And deals with the situation. I believe the Tsunami Arms Helix is a railgun. That's what it looks like in the picture. Uh, I think I think Mono has one of these. Uh, Joe supports the Piranhas leader, Corpse Reviver. I think we talked about them last time, uh, or mm-hmm. one of the recent times. One hundred percent, and ensures the gang will live long enough to see her dreams fulfilled. Uh, hardened mini boss solo. Uh, nice. We did. We talked about Corpse Reviver with the patrons, uh, because we talked about the piranhas, and mm. that was the one that Ninja said he was going to take over by taking out the Corpse Reviver, which also sounded like a really cool band name. Well, Ninja, you better come wearing some tough body armor because otherwise, you're gonna have to go through Bazooka Joe and. Look, I I know from personal experience, you need you need some pretty beefy armor, or else that railgun is just going to rip right through it. For technical yeah. terms, a railgun ignores any SP that's eleven or lower, which oh. is like standard armor for most people. So if they're just wearing regular armor, it doesn't exist <laughs> for a railgun. It's a real bad. Bazooka um, Joe also looks really cool. I'm loving the bright green hair and the gold motif. Uh, the legs look cybered out for sure. Just cybered out are like just like orange stockings. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 that's a good question. I'm going to say cybered, but it could just be clothing. That's fair. Um, yeah, we got. I mean, they're holding a massive uh, 
uh, this has to be uh, the Tsunami Arms Helix. Uh, and yeah, they have like a lion's mane of bright green hair with a uh, like an orange, like kind of death stroke looking mask over their face, mm. which looks intimidating as hell. I might add, with the hair. Yes, you know what? This also it's also giving me the mask vibes with the with the bright green. And yeah, just like the dead face. Yeah, very much. It's now, Jin, it's your turn to take over the worst one. Yeah, I don't want to. Well, I'm not going to do it. I know. With six arms, four of them tipped with fold-out chain blades and a medical degree, Big Top giggles and shines in the center of a flurry of blood, ready to lead his bozo circus into a new era of pranks and chaos. Oh, and that video you saw last week, the one of Big Top shoving his Militech tactical umbrella down someone's throat and then opening it? Not a CGI fake. Hardened boss. Medtech. That is scary because people who have intimate knowledge of the medical things, as in like, I know how your body works, therefore I know exactly where to slice and dice to make it hurt the worst. I don't like this. I also don't like the fact that he looks like the Riddler met the Joker met Penguin met Doc Ock. Uh, the color scheme to me is very, um, it's blue and yellow and reminds me of the Joker, but the version of it that is, why can't I think of his name? Like the forever ago one. Yeah, so it looks very old school Joker to me. Um, but then he's also got the Doc Ock octopus arms coming off. He's got four mechanical arms coming off of his back. Oh, I don't like any of this. I mean, there's not so much of the fact that he's taking like two, like, Common fears and put them together. He also has a stethoscope. Yeah, because he's a he's a clown, which you know Toasty doesn't like clowns, so Toasty hates him. But he's also got like I don't even I wouldn't even call like Doc Art. They look like spider legs. Mm. So he's like a clown spider with a stethoscope. Nope. Nope. I don't want it. Don't want it. Jack Nicholson. That's who I was thinking of. Ah, okay. The Jack Nicholson era Joker. Okay. Yeah, so if my my ref throws this guy into any of our games, I'm quitting. Fuck this shit, I'm out. (laughs) And I think that this is Screw you guys, I'm going home. And right now, I think we both need to take a little bit of break, uh, clear 
our minds of that scary ass clown and then we'll come back and talk about elf lines i think we're gonna have fun with this Welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about the show and not the lore of cyberpunk. We don't have any new reviews to read out, but we do have two new patrons. Welcome, Lewis Blue and Director Lord Ark. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us here on Patreon. You can also join us if you want to and join us at the end of the month for our monthly Patreon chat by going to patreon.com slash cyberpunklorecast and hit us up on there. I have also published all of the Spotify comments. Uh, muy bueno. Very much appreciate. Uh, keep them coming. If you can't support us financially, we completely understand. But leaving those re reviews really does help us bump up in the scales and on the iTunes chart. So that way more and more people can find us and learn all about the lore of cyberpunk. <clears throat> and if you do play that review, if you do leave a review and you play the cyberpunk TTRPG, then your ref owes you 10 IP per Jay Gray. We don't make the rules, but Jay literally does. So go cash them in. You can also visit fanrolldice.com and CodeStack, C-P-L-C, with A-L-L-M-I-G-H-T-Y-C-1-0 and get a grand total of 20% off of your dice order. Fanrolldice.com. All right, I don't think I have anything else to add to the middle of the show. I don't got nothing either. All right. Let's get back into it then and talk about Elf Lords. Elf Lords? Yeah. I mean, you started the the show off with Edge Lords. I figured now we can go to Elf Lords. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, uh, yeah, this is... Uh... This is a little teeny thing. Um, not teeny. I guess it's not teeny. This is a thing that I believe was um, released. It was like a scream sheet that was released back in 2021. I think it's been out for a minute. Um, but we have never covered it before. Um, let me figure it on the terms of uh, TTRPG material. Talk about it a little bit. Um, so Elf Lines Online uh, is a, what's the RPG, term? An RPG within the TTRPG? Yeah. So if you want to play D&D &D in your Cyberpunk Red game, you can do that. <laughs> it's sounds weird and it sounds off but it also sounds really cool because they've like set up this whole thing it, yeah there's so, lore there's lore to a game within a game yes there is uh yeah this is a lot like for those that are familiar this is very sword art online but like not the actual sword art online game but the one like the magic elf one i think that came in the second season afterwards 
I've never actually watched it, but I've heard people talk about it. Um, so, yeah. So, for some actual information, some concrete information we have, uh, by 2045, Elf Lines Online was developed by Segatari. Yep. Sega, yep. Atari, Segatari. Yep. Sega and Atari are older uh, video game consoles, for those of you that aren't familiar. Jin knows. Jin knows all about it. But for those, very aware. The, for, for those of you that are about my age or younger and probably don't have much of an idea. Uh, I'm so sorry. I, I would just like to say for the record, Toasty has played both a Sega and an Atari in his lifetime. Okay, because I was like, Sega's not that that old. I mean, it was definitely like going out by the time it mattered for my age of getting into video games. Yeah. So, so, but I did play it a lot with uh, some of my mom's friends. I used to beat them in uh, fighting games with it. Yep. It was fun. Uh, anyway. Uh, developed by Segatari as the launch title for their new Rush Revolution interactive brain dance headset. It became quite popular amongst the citizens of Night City and elsewhere. Uh, since its release, the game has already created a generation of inspired fans and has grown to have its own television show as well as plush toys and a limited edition of Sacred Herbs Kibble, including a collectible packaging made by Continental Brands. Which, that is so what would happen out here. You know, I mean, I have plushies for some of my favorite series, so it makes sense. And then buying food. Oh, I have bottles of True Blood. That's exactly what this is. The game is found on CityNet servers where players compete for the best items that they can get and to be the first to make those boss kills. A TV show known as the Elf Lands Online Chronicles was broadcasted by Network 54. It was described as a cheesy but surprisingly well-shot series about Daedalus, a netrunner who gets trapped in a mystical fantasy world after finding a strange night market in which he loaded a mysterious brain dance chip. So it's an isekai. Mm-hmm. It's a cyberpunk isekai. Yep. Incredible. Cheesy, but well-shot series. My brain went to, like, the really old version of The Hobbit where, like, Leonard Nimoy was the narrator and everything. Super cheesy, but surprisingly well done. Fair enough. All right. Long before the events of the game, the elf lands, populated with magic elves, were protected by a hero. However, the hero died. And evil forces returned to destroy and take over the land, bringing the plague of miasma with them, which steals the elves' magic. In the time when the game is set, new heroes are rising up, seeking to return the Elflands to its former glory and hoping to become 
the new hero of the land. Now, I know for a fact I have read all of those words before because we have talked about bits and pieces of this game. That was the first time I tried my movie, my movie guy voice. Ah, okay. Well, Toasty has the uh, memory of a squirrel. So um, he already forgot that apparently we talked about that because none of that sounded familiar to me. Long before the events of the game, the elf lands populated with magic elves were protected by a hero. Nope, not at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the plot of Elf Lands Online, or I guess the the backstory to it. Um, it's it sounds like Fallout seventy six. A little bit, yeah. Because I mean, it's like the you know. The world blew up and the new heroes are rising. AKA, I'm assuming the heroes that are rising in the game are the players, mm-hmm. which is Fallout 76. The players are coming out of the vaults every button. Like, so I don't know. Interesting. Um, as for how to buy the game, uh, a copy of Elf Lines Online costs 50 euro dollars and another 500. For the Segatari Rush Revolution interactive breakdance headset. A subscription for a single character costs 20 eddies a month and is included in every lifestyle starting at generic prepack. Edge runners who have good prepack and higher lifestyles are able to have as many characters as they want and can almost always pay to remove revive sickness from their characters without having to care about the costs. Oh my God. It's pay to win. Wow. It is. It absolutely is. It's pay to win. Uh, The in-game currency is called a GP. I'm assuming gold points. uh, And a hundred GP can be bought for one Eddie at any time while playing to make in-game purchases. Oh, so extremely pay to win. Of course, it's cyberpunk. Okay, yes. Oh, man, I remember back when MMOs um, were like this, where you had to pay for a subscription every month in order to have your characters. Gosh, I spent way too much money on way too many games over the years. I feel that. Yeah. But then also microtransactions. Ew. Hate that. But it is what it is. All right. Now, as for the some of the mechanics, Miasma. Miasma is an important game mechanic. Excluded from major cities or player camps, Miasma can be found anywhere in the game. And it mainly has two effects. It can suspend the elven healing acceleration once it has been stabilized, preventing treatments. And it unlocks PvP in the area, meaning that if you are killed by another player who is not from the same Elfline server, they get rewarded with a thousand gold from your 2,000 gold death tax or for your payment to remove revive sickness. Wow. You get rewarded for player kills. 
Yep. If a player is outside of a miasma effect, if stabilized, their health heals back to 100%. Yep. Um, and just to expand on revive sickness, if you get revive sickness, it reduces your move rate to one. Oh. Okay. So I don't know. Did you play WoW back? Did you ever play WoW World of Warcraft? Uh, I've like fucked around on it on my cousin's computer from now every now and then but i was not a my mom didn't want to my my mom didn't want to pay for it yeah uh so in wow when you died your body would stay there but you would become a ghost and then your movement would be severely reduced and you had to go as your little astral spirit self back to your body in order to revive it or take the hit and get like all of your gear get damaged um, and then like lose some money and possibly some items from your inventory as well. That's what that to me sounds like. Hmm. Or if somebody can revive you. Um, and this, this PDF does include um, because they, they have a, a little PDF with, with the rules and such, and it does provide you with a, uh, a, character creation process that you can do whenever you're making your character that plays very much in the same confines of the cyberpunk red system so if your ref is actually if y'all are interested in in doing this want to pitch the idea to your ref there's rules for it can we put a link in the show notes for this for people that are interested Okay. Yeah, no, so, um, we will, I'll link everything in the show notes, uh, the three articles that we talked about in the first half, and then any links to the Elf Lines Online information that we have. Cool, cool. So, yeah. Um, and if you do end up getting uh, into this and doing this in your game, um, you have the, the opportunity to win some titles for your Elf Lines character, um, if you progress them far enough, um, in these, all these titles, uh, are achieved by reaching a rank three with a character. Um, but the title depends on what stat you chose to increase the most. So if you chose a body, uh, you are referred to as a bark shield dexterity. You are a blade dancer reflexes. You are a bow master. So I'm guessing uh, with reflexes has a lot to do with archery uh, increase there, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you un- increase uh, empathy. Is that empathy? Yeah. Uh, increase empathy. You are a druid. Uh, if you increase technology, you are a quick hand. Intelligence, a sage. Coolness, a warm heart. Uh, if you uh, Will, you are a wild blood. Uh, and I guess another option for reflexes, I guess if you're not going into the archery side of things, the windkin. And if you evenly spread out all of your points, you are a wayfarer. Fun. I like the empathy for the druid because I feel like sometimes they definitely can be the more nature vibey, you know. Uh, loving the animals and the trees and protect the forest. So empathy fits for that. Body of bark shield. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And of course, these are like thematically elven, right? So mm-hmm. within the, like the confines of guessing more stereotypical elven things like Lord of the Rings. So mm-hmm. I can see all of these being very like these could be titles in Lord of the Rings for like elf members of the elven. So the coolness being warm heart, I guess. Well, I guess if coolness relates to charisma, charisma to warm heart. Yeah. Well, if you're super cool, you warm someone else's heart whenever they interact. I don't know. Yeah, super suave, super just charismatic. (laughs) I don't have a better word for it. Wow. I mean, it it looks really, really fun. And I think that it would actually be, hmm, maybe Toasty can create an Elf Lines Online character. I'll it, make it broken too. <laughs> oh. Well, it, it sounds like fun. And I wonder if there's anybody who has done it. I'm going to go searching YouTube and see if there's it, or searching for a podcast there's somebody who plays Elf Lines Online as its own little TTRPG. That'd be interesting. That would be cool. To, yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to interrogate Jay about, about it. Because I feel like he's definitely done it. He talks about it a lot. I feel like every I time feel... he's been on the show since this was released, he's mentioned it at least once. Mm-hmm. Right. Hopefully we get Jay back soon and we will talk about all the things that we talked about today on Danger Gal and on Hellfinds Online. So I think that it's a good little spot for us to wrap it up for the night here. So give us a follow on Twitter at Cyberpunk Lore and patreon.com slash cyberpunk lorecast. I paused because I'm thinking like, do we need to create a threads account? And I'm like, eh. Twitter's good enough. We interact on there every once in a while. Social media is really not my thing. Y'all know where to find us on your podcatcher. And if you want to find more of me, you know where to find me there too. On the Two Girls, One Ship podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all of the world of video game romances has to offer. Uh, and you can find more of me doing the Witcher Lorecast. Um currently struggling through season three part one of the witcher um and soon to be part two um we'll see how that goes uh if i'm still alive in four weeks time uh or um check out the cyberpunk red live play podcast cyberpunked cyberpunk apostrophe d that we mentioned previously um and if you want to interact with us more hop on the discord the robots radio discord um we are fairly interactive in there talking with people chatting about you know phantom liberty this stuff that's brought up people are posting some of their pictures and stuff as they hop back into 2077 again in anticipation for phantom liberty coming up so the yeah. Discord is definitely where we are most active. And of course, there is a link to the Discord in the episode description, along with everything else that we talk about during this. Um, our Twitter, our 
miracle of sound who we shout out at every at the end of every episode we put links to his stuff in there and then also robotsradio.net if you want to see any of the other shows that are a part of the robots radio network uh he has all of the shows listed there so yeah, yeah. And, and you you know Check. you might as well follow us on the twitter because you know we interact so infrequently on there that like we won't even we won't even mess up your 600 tweet limit for your for the day you know oh, might as well yeah. i yep. have to i'm sorry we brought up twitter i have to i have to talk shit about them now because of some of the dumb shit that they're putting into place i think we have tweeted a grand total of four times since we took over this show there you go look this <laughs> Every so often, you're going to see something, and it'll be important. Otherwise, we're not going to interrupt your feed. We're not going to take one of your 600 tweet slots that you get for the day. So, yep. So follow us for no content on Twitter. Yay! And while you're out there, stay safe and see. <laughs> Welcome to Three Count Thoughts. Let me introduce the crew real quick. Hi, I'm Maverick Stone. I'm Romer. And I'm Jaxus. Join us as we talk all things wrestling. Each week, we'll take a topic from the wrestling world, knock it around a bit, and then go over the week in wrestling from a strictly fan perspective. We can be found on all major podcast catchers. We can also be found at Three Count Thoughts on both YouTube and Twitter. Or you can send us an email using 3CountThoughts at gmail.com. Okay, are you ready? Ring the bell. <laughs>